0: Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church. And I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message.
1: Lord, I pray that there is an expectancy inside of their heart to receive from the Word of God. Life. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so, Lord, I just pray that as your word goes forth today, that it changes hearts, that it quickens lives, that the dead become alive again. Lord, move, move mountains today. Move mountains today. Move mountains today in Jesus' name. I'm going to read a passage of text to you and then we'll get started this morning. Please stand for the reading, stay standing for the reading of the word. But this is Joshua chapter 6, and it says in verse 2, The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands. Everybody say see. Come on, let's say it again. See. I want you to hear it one more time out of your mouth. See. Come on, how many of you know you got to see it before you get into it? you got to see it by faith. See, I have given Jericho into your hands with its kings and mighty warriors. Now you shall march around the city, all the men of war, circling the city once. You shall do this once each day for six days. Also seven priests shall carry seven trumpets made of ram's horns ahead of the ark. Then on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets when they make a long blast with the ram's horns. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet and the people shall cry out with a great shout, a battle cry... The wall of the city will fall down in its place, and the people shall go up. Each man gone straight. Everybody say straight. Come on, say straight. Come on, we may be on a crooked path today, but I believe by the power of God and through the spoken word, you'll get back on the straight and narrow path. Amen. Come on, who believes that this morning? You might be going in the wrong direction, but God has a word for you to go in the straight and narrow here. Wide is the road to destruction. But narrow is the road to the Lord. It says straight ahead, climbing over the rubble. Lord, we thank you for your word. May it be a lamp unto our feet. May it be a light unto our path. God, I thank you that you're our champion today. You are our champion today. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. Amen, amen. Well, you may be seated today. How many y'all thankful to be in the house of the Lord? First service. Let's go. I want to let you know I'm fired up. I am fired up, so you better be ready. Put your seatbelt on and uh, because I believe God has a word for you today. I'm excited uh, about what God's doing inside of this house, and I believe, I believe today that we're going to go some places. In fact, I believe with all my heart that by the end of this, I believe there's, there may be some walls in your life, but I got good news for you. Walls Still fall today i 'm going to say that to, again, there may be giants in the land, but I want to let you know that giants still fall today. i'm going to say that again, God is still in the business of seeing walls fall and giants fall. You're still not getting it this morning. Six people got it. Heather, I want to see at least nine more. Come on, how many of y'all believe that we serve a God out there that walls still fall? Amen. All right. Now you're waking up. Let's get out the coffee. Let's go. All right. Joshua chapter 6. He tells them here and he gives them an instruction of obedience of what they need to do, of where they need to go in order for the walls to fall. I tell you what, Leroy, if you keep playing like that, I'll keep preaching. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. You you can sit down if you want to. Let's give the worship team a hand. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Don't... Don't get me going. I tell you what, I've already had two cups of coffee. I'll be wound up tighter than a banjo string. But the Bible, uh, I I love this particular text here, especially if you know the history of where it comes from. In Joshua chapter 6, he says, see, I have given you Jericho. I've given you Jericho. And he tells them instructions on what they need to do. But you also need to know this, that in Numbers chapter 13, if you know the story, in Numbers 13, Moses is preparing his people to go into the promised land. And I just want to go ahead and say this right now. God has a promised land for you. I'm going to say that again. God has a promised land for you. And so what he does is he tells these 12, the 12 tribes of Israel, and he takes one from each camp, and he says, I want you to go to the land of Canaan, and I want you to scope out the promised land, and I want you to look at it, and I want you to come back and give us a report. And the Bible tells us this that two of them come back, Joshua and Caleb, and I believe I'm preaching to some Joshua and Calebs this morning. Joshua and Caleb came back and said, the land is flowing with milk and honey. Yes, there's walls there. Yes, there's giants there. And yes, the land divides up as people. But Caleb says this, let's take it today. Let's not even wait till tomorrow. I'm ready to take it today. How many of y'all ready to take ground today? How many of y'all know ready to take some ground today in Jesus' name? And so anyways, in that particular text, also, what what they did was, is they they saw something good, and they called it good. But, I also want to remind you that there was ten other tribes there, and the ten come back, and they said, oh my goodness, yes, it's great, yes, it has the land flowing with milk and honey, but I'm telling you right now, there's no way we can get over the wall. There's no way that we can get past the giants, there's no way that we can get past the land that devours up his people. So what they did was, is they called good evil. I'm telling you, we gotta be very careful as believers, especially as Americans today, call good evil. I'm gonna say that again, we we gotta be very careful that we we call good things, we don't call good things, evil things. Like husbands, the Bible tells us this, that your wife is a good thing. And if you're in a place with all your buddies inside the, the locker room somewhere, and you're calling her evil, I'm telling you, what's up here is gonna come out of here. And you've got to be careful not to call the good things evil things. I'm going to say this, wives. I I heard some wives out there say amen. But I want to tell you, wives, the Bible tells us this uh, about your husband, that he is your covering. And so let's not call the good thing an evil thing. Let's not call our children bad things. Come on, parents. The Bible tells us this, that they are a heritage of the Lord. All I'm trying to tell you this morning is don't curse the thing that you prayed for. Like if you prayed for that job and God gave you that job and now you're calling that good thing an evil thing, I'm telling you, you need to repent because God gave you that job and he's not going to give you another job until you start liking the job that God already provided for you. I'll tell you this, maybe you're driving a hoopty today and you want God to give you a new car. Why don't you clean that hoopty and be thankful for the hoopty that you have today to get to church today? Come on, somebody. And as as you begin to submit to the Lord in those things... I believe with all my heart, you begin to call that good thing a good thing rather than an evil thing. Like I've had to repent here lately of, I know God has called me to Amarillo, Texas. It's hard to say that in the spring of the year. Like, Lord, I want a burning bush experience to take me with pastors to Florida where the land is flowing with milk and honey. Amen? And it's so easy for me to curse this city. But you know what? I know you repent of that because God has called me here for such a time as this. And I love the people of Amarillo, Texas. And I'm believing for a revival in the panhandle of Texas. Come on, who's with me this morning? That every eye will see and every ear will hear that God is on the throne. Amen. And so if we're not careful, we'll be like the ten and call the good thing evil. But they saw all of that evil there, Joshua and Caleb, and they called it good. Because they said, if God be for me, then who in the world can be against me? And I'm just here to tell you this morning, uh, uh, the reason that they were calling it evil was, they were calling it evil because of walls, because of giants, and because of the land. Walls, giants, and the lands, But this is not why they didn't enter in. The answer of why they didn't in, enter in is found in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 19. Go ahead and put it up there if you have it. I know I didn't give that to you, but Hebrews 3, 19 and the Amplified, it says this. So we see that they were not able to enter in, it means into his rest, the promised land. And I want to... I Go ahead. I, I want to go ahead and hit that point one more time. God has a promised land for you today. Amen. Like so many people think this, well, when I get to heaven, it'll be the promised land. Well, do you think the promised land is going to have giants and walls and a land that devours its people? No. no. I believe this text is here to tell us this, that God has a promised land for you in 2022. Amen. No matter how high the gas prices get, God has a promised land for you today. No matter how far your children are away from God, I'm here to tell you, God still has a promised land for you today. It don't matter what happens in the world, I believe this with all my heart. I'm going to have to go over some giants, I'm going to have to go over some walls, and I know there's going to be some land out there that it doesn't make sense to me, but my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I dare ask or think. I know that with all my heart. And so I want you to get it in your head today. Well, my family, this is just the way we are. You know, we just live like hillbillies and just live off the land, blah, blah, blah. That's fine to live by the land, but God wants you to live in a promised land. A land flowing with milk and honey. Are you hearing me this morning? So it says this, we're not able to enter in. So we see that they were not able to enter into his rest, the promised land, because of You see it? Do you see it? You know, so many people said this. They weren't able to go into the promised land because there was giants there. And I believe there's people in the room today, I can't go into my promised land because I have a giant out in front of me. I have a sickness out in front of me. I have a debt out in front of me. Uh, there's so many people that say, I can't go into the promised land because there's walls there, because there was uh, generational curses that have been set up way before I was even here. There's people out there that's, that, that blame it on, uh, uh, they didn't go into the promised land because they were outnumbered. They didn't go into the promised land because they weren't warriors and they didn't know how to fight. Uh, let's go into the world today. Let's get a little political. I can't, go, I can't go over these walls or I can't defeat these giants or go into the promised land because of my gender. I can't go into the promised land because my parents didn't raise me right. I, didn't, I can't go into the promised land because of the education that I haven't received. I can't go into the promised land because I'm black, because I'm white, because I'm brown, because I'm orange, like President Trump. Come on, somebody. I can't go into the promised land because of my parents. I can't go into the promised land because of money. Can I tell you... None of these can limit you from going into the promised land. Only unbelief and your unwillingness to trust God. Pastor, you're getting political. Call it whatever you want to, but people are blaming all these things of not going into the promised land. And God said this. The only reason you won't go into the promised land is because of your unbelief and your unwillingness to trust in the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want some belief in me, and I want to trust the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding and in all my ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct my path. Come on. Strength will rise as we wait on the Lord. And so culture is telling you you're limited by these things, and you're a victim to these things. I'm telling you, I'm sick of the victim mentality. And I came to tell you this morning, I'm not going to be a victim, and I want to invite you in the camp to not, not being a victim today. The world will tell you being a victim is the way to go, but we will not be determined. I'm telling you, I won't go into the promised land just because somebody that I don't like is in the White House. I need more amens than that this morning. Come on, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna limit myself from going in the promised land just because I don't like the governor inside the governor's mansion. I'm not gonna go. Uh, it's not. I'm not gonna go into the promised land just because. Uh, the, the mayor of this city is not the one that I would have picked and chose. I'm telling you, the only reason I won't go into the promised land is because of my unbelief and my unwillingness to trust in the Lord. Are you hearing me this morning? If you don't hear this, you, you will live your whole life defeated by the enemy. You can't. You can still, I believe this all my heart, you can still inherit. Uh, you just have to believe and trust the Lord. You have to believe and trust the Lord. Uh, And and as I was thinking about this, and I brought this up Wednesday night, lots of times we blame things on the enemy when really it's the inner me. Go ahead and write that down. If you're not writing that down, you might as well just go ahead and write that down. All right? Lots of times, and I hear it from people. I said this. I'll tell you one of the the most frustrating things as pastoring is this. I preach a message People meet me at the door. Pastor, that was for me. Then they call me that week, and they're struggling with the very thing that I preached on. It's like apply the word. Do what the word has to say. Stop speaking defeat over your life. Amen? Be a doer of the word, not a hearer of the word. And so in this, in, and so, I was thinking about this. Lots of times we blame it on the enemy when really it's the inner me. And there's some inner me's, there's some things on the inner you that you need to deal with. And so in this particular text here. He says first walls. Then, then he talks about a land that devours its people and giants. Next week I might talk about some giants. But this morning I want to talk about walls. What are walls? I'll tell you what a wall is. A wall is a long standing issue you believe you can't be removed. I'm going to say it again. Somebody said say it again. Who was it? Alright Becky I'll say it to you. Because you're the only one listening right now long-standing issue you believe can't be removed how many of y'all know people live with walls long-lasting issues you feel can't be removed in fact they look and they feel permanent the rest of your life and they try to convince you that they will be a part of your life forever uh interesting fact about this this city Jericho Jericho archaeologists tell us this that it's the oldest city in the world So it was there before everything else. It was there before Abraham. This place of Jericho. This is what archaeologists have told us. So the reason that I bring that up is because some of your walls were there before you. And you have a wall that like this. Like Everybody in my family acts like this, so this is just the way that it is. I'm telling you, I hope you're hearing me this morning. You don't have to live like that. You're now a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become brand new. And if you haven't prayed that sinner's prayer this morning, you're going to do it. And I'm telling you, you don't have to live in that same wall that your family has lived under from generation to generation. All of the the men in my family do this. All the women think like this. All of our marriages, this is just how we do things in dysfunction. I'm telling you, you don't have to live like that. And I'm here to tell you this morning, God still deals with walls of something that's been long-lasting for a long time, and you think to yourself, there's no way that it can go away. The enemy has convinced you that you're going to have this forever. And I'm here to tell you again, they may be bigger than you, but they're not bigger than God. I'm going to say that again. They may be bigger than you, but they ain't bigger than God. They may be stronger than you, but they're not stronger than God. They may have been here longer from generation to generation from your grandpappy's pappy's pappy, but I'm here to tell you that they weren't here before the Lord was here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They may be bigger than you, but they're not bigger than God. You know, I was in thinking about this particular text in Mark chapter 13, Jesus is walking um, by the temple, and they were looking at how big this temple was, and they were looking how big majestic it was and how beautiful it was and and uh they're seeing the structure of that and they were impressed by them and as i was um thinking about this particular text right here jericho it was very impressive because it was 30 feet high and 15 feet wide that's like a highway of a wall how many of y'all know that's a big wall and in mark 13 when they they tell jesus how impressive these wall walls are what does jesus tell them He says, not one will be standing. Not one. I'm here to tell you this morning, you may have think that your wall is so impressive in your life. By the power of Jesus Christ this morning, it can fall in the mighty name of Jesus. Because I believe today, walls still fall. I'm going to say that again, walls still fall. Walls still fall, amen. Too many people are impressed by their wall. In fact, I'll tell you this morning, there's people in this room, that you're impressed by your wall. Just, I'm, that is the truth. In fact, you read in, Je- you read in Joshua chapter 2, only two tri- tribes, only two tribes go, get to go into the promised land. Ten others do not. I'm telling you, there's probably two-tenths of the people in here that you're in a promised land, and there's eight, eight of y'all, you're saved. Um... I'm trying. (laughs) You're a Christian. You come to church every single Sunday morning, and you still live defeated every single day. You get on with me in the morning time from uh, Tuesday to Friday, and you amen, and you put fire emojis, and you share on Facebook all the scriptures and all this different stuff, but I know this with all my heart. You're living a defeated life. I'm here to tell you those other two tents, what they saw, they saw Jericho before the walls went down, and they got rid of those walls, and because of their belief and their trust in the Lord, I'm telling you, every day you've got to fight. Every day you've got to fight. You've got to fight the good fight of faith. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of the two families that goes into the promised land. Amen? I want to live in the promised land. I don't want to live this defeated life. I don't want to live mediocre. I'm telling you, I want to live in a successful walk with Christ. There is so much more for you. Say that again. There is so much more for you. Than just Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. I'm telling you, God wants more for you every single hour, second, minute, day of the week, every month. God has so much more for you. So I want us to look at this text here on a practical side and some things that we can take away from Joshua chapter 6 and uh, use in our life of why the walls came down. And I believe walls are going to come down today. Number one is this, obedience. Everybody say obedience. Let's say it one more time, obedience. I was, uh, you know, scrolling through TikTok all the time. I see all these preachers because it has that. I forget what it's called, where it uh, picks up on all the things that I like and things like that. And so it, 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 I see horseshoe and stuff. I see rope and stuff. I see man stuff. I see, um, um, you know, preachers and things like that. And I can't tell you how many times, and I get so sick of this, of preachers that I go by. Preachers, and, and they say this, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter how you live, God loves you. I'm sick of that. Is it true? Yes, it's true. It's true. But I'm telling you, because of his love, love don't get you into the promised land. I'm telling you, love don't get you into the promised land. You don't go into the promised land just because he loves you. (laughs) Like Romans 8 says, nothing will separate us from the love of God. That's settled. But for you to go into the promised land, you've got to obey the word of God. Are you hearing me this morning? You can still live a defeated life and him love you at the same time because you do it all the time. But I'm here to tell you, when you begin to obey and apply the word of God, that's, I'm telling you, thinking of Deuteronomy 28, I did a uh, a, um, a funeral, sorry, not funeral, wedding, same thing, whatever. (laughs) Somebody died, (laughs) right? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Y'all know I'm joking, right? Kind of. But I did a wedding on Friday night, and I always speak Deuteronomy 28 over their life. That their barns would be filled with plenty. Whatever they put their hand to, Shalom will prosper. You know, all those things, that you'll live at the top and not at the bottom. But what does it say at the bottom? It doesn't say because I love you. It says when you heed and obey the commandment of the Lord. That's when you walk in the blessing. Are you hearing me this morning? And, And there's so many people... They, uh, they're saying, why is the enemy kicking my rear? It's because, uh, you know, when God talks about inheritance, he talks about faith and obedience. He don't talk about love. Do we need to love him? Yes, we do. Does God love us? Yes, that's settled. But we've got to obey the commandment of the Lord. Are you hearing me this morning? So in Joshua 6 and verse 2, he said, he said see, I have given you Jericho. He didn't suggest it. He commands it. And I'm here to tell you this morning, God doesn't suggest the word. He commands the word. I'm going to say that again. God doesn't suggest the word. He commands the word. And if you're going to have an outcome on the other side, you've got to be obedient. We've talked about this many times. If we want to see the supernatural in our life, we've got to do the natural. Like if you want supernatural uh, finances, you've got to do this natural thing called work. All right? All right. I can't wait till the second service when we're live. I'm going to call them out on YouTube and Facebook. It says, go to work. Get off your lazy rears and get a job. Come on, somebody. I'm sick of waiting for food because there ain't no waitresses in there. People need to go to work. And I'm here to tell you, you're not going to inherit what God has in store for you if you sit around. You've got to be obedient. And so what does he say? He says, see, I have given you Jericho. And then it goes on to say what he commands them to do, march around the city seven times. Now, what does, he say, what does he tell them to do? He says, I want you to march around it, and I want you to shout. You know, I, I'll just be honest with you. I've been raised in a charismaniac home, and lots of times, I'll tell you this, and I, I'm very charismatic if you had not already seen, and I'm thankful for my raising But I'm telling you, I've noticed this, that charismatics can be just as religious as Catholics. Like we can just, we can look at the Catholics and say how many times they get on their knees and off their knees. Have you ever been to a wedding before with Catholics? It's like, man, I should have worn knee pads, Gabe. No kidding. Up or down, we're up, we're down. We're doing calisthenics right there in the wedding. Up and down, up and down, up and down. But you know what we as charismatics do? We, we say this, we come in here, you know, the walls came down because they shouted. Let me tell you right now, they didn't come down because they shouted. They came down because they obeyed the voice of the Lord. And what he said to do was shout. Like if he told them, uh, those of you that have young kids, I have boys. They got this thing now on all across TikTok called the gritty. How many of y'all know what the gritty is? Oh my goodness, you guys need some culture. Uh, Lucas is the only one. Now you ought to see catch. He does the gritty. It's like this. They do this. And then they, is it like that, honey? He puts it up. It's the gritty dance. What's the matter with you guys? Go look it up on YouTube. It's really good. And I'm pretty good at it. I'm not even going to lie. But if God told him to do the gritty around Jericho seven times, it was the fact that they obeyed and did the gritty around it seven times of why it came down. Are you hearing me this morning? Like we can point figures at the Methodist and all these other people all we want to, but we can sit inside a charismatic church and say, you know, it's the shouting. No, it's not the shouting. It was the obedience. And we've got to obey the Word of God. And I'm telling you, when we begin to obey, that's when breakthrough comes. Obedience brings breakthrough, not religious, religious rituals. He said, see, I have given you Jericho. He didn't say, see the wall. See, there's so many people in here, you see the wall. You see how big it is, you see how strong it is, you see how long it's been there. But God said this, I need you to walk by faith and not by sight. What I need you to do is dream a little bit. What I need you to do is have some creativity on the inside of your spirit, man, and I need you to see yourself inside of there and not on the outside. Come on, you need to get something in your heart today of see some things. You need to walk by faith and be obedient to the Word of God. You, you have to look past the wall, and you have to see yourself on the inside. I'm, I'm just here to ask today, what would happen if you saw your marriage restored today rather than broken? What would happen if you saw yourself and repented of that secret sin that nobody else knows about? What kind of freedom that would you walk in today if you saw yourself past that wall? What would happen if you if you look past that generational curse of overspending and living in debt all the rest of your life? Come on, who am I talking to today? I believe there's people in the room. All you're doing is still seeing the wall, and God wants you to see the victory. I'm going to see a victory. I don't know about you, but I want to see a victory. And so what they they had to do was, is they had to be obedient. You know, I was thinking about like Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Isaiah. What did he tell those prophets? He said, I want you to prophesy what you begin to see. See what your mouth, what you see, and what you say are so connected. Let's say that again. What you see and what you say are so connected. And what did he tell these prophets to do? He said, I want you to begin to prophesy out of your mouth what you're seeing inside of your spirit. And I'm here to tell some people today, you need to begin to say the right things over those walls that are in your life. That I am the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. Amen? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. I may see... Uh, I may be in a place right now where I'm conflicted by a wall, but I see myself past the wall living in victory. Here's the second thing. Go ahead and write this down. They waited. How many of y'all know this is hard? How many of y'all know waiting is hard? Like we live in a world where it's so hard to wait. You know, I, I've said this many times before is what God was trying to do. Not only were they to obey, but to march around it seven times, is God wants a consistency in our life. Seven means completion, and you can preach that all you want to, but the fact of them walking around the wall seven times, he's saying, you know what? On Monday, you're going to have to walk around the wall. On Tuesday, you're going to have to walk around the wall. On Wednesday, you're going to have to walk around the wall. On Thursday, guess what? You're going to have to walk around the wall. On Friday, you're going to have to walk around the wall. On Saturday, you're going to have to walk around the wall. On Sunday, you're going to have to walk around the wall. I feel like there was a cartoon. Heather probably remembers this, Pinky in the Brain. Pinky, what are we going to do tomorrow? The same thing we do every day, try to take over the world, right? What are we going to do as believers? We're going to do the same thing we did yesterday. We're going to walk by faith and not by sight. And we're going to, we're going to strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord, with man, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So I'm going to have eyes to see, and I'm going to wait on the Lord. But this is hard for us. Uh, and and I, I, it, I believe it's just because of the culture that we live in. I was sitting around a pool in Florida during, uh, um, uh, during spring break, and there were some Yankees there. They were from uh, New Hampshire. And I, this guy, he says to me, he says, Hey, Texas boy. He says, why is it that we always have to constantly be entertained? He said, when I was a kid, we didn't have to be entertained. We'd go to my grandparents' house. They'd sit around, smoke cigarettes. They'd say, hey, kids, you bother me. Get out of the room. But he was pointing out a picture to me. We live in a world today, and even with my own kids, it's like we constantly have to be busy. I'm telling you, we always constantly have to be busy. We always have to have a phone out in front of us. We constantly have to be entertained. We constantly have to have a Netflix show. We can't just sit around and talk. We always have to have something out in front of us. And I'm I'm here to tell you, this is hard for people today because of the culture that we live in. Can I tell you what success means? And all the young people in the room, young people, you all listen to me right now. If you're 30 and younger, that's young success is this is consistent obedience in the same direction every day i'm going to say that again consistent obedience in the same direction every single day so like if you want to be successful and i'll tell you right now if you want to be successful you're going to have to learn to work more than 5 days a week you're going to have to learn how to work 6 days a week god works 6 and you're going to have to learn how to because here's the deal young people why they don't want to work today is because we have all this social media and what they do is is they see that their friends are at the pool but they have to go to work so they quit their job to go to the pool can i tell you that is not reality that's, right. that's not reality and so what you have to do is think about this you can be a successful bum if you're consistently obedient in the same direction of being lazy and that's what you'll have. You'll be a successful bum. But if you want to be successful in life, you've got to consistently obey in the right direction, the same direction every single day. So on Monday, no matter what's going on, all your friends are doing this, you've got to go to work even if you don't want to. I'm telling you, you're faithful in the small things. God will put you faithful over much, the Bible says. And on Tuesday, you've got to do the same thing. Listen, there's times yesterday morning I shot five head on Saturday. You know why? Because I've learned how to be successful. Every day you've got to put your nose to the grind. And so let's talk about this in a spiritual success. You've got to consistently be obedient in the same direction. Meaning you've got to on Monday. What are we going to do today, Pinky? The same thing we did every day. We're going to get up and we're going to get in the Word of God. Every day we're going to get in the presence of God. Every day we're going to pray. Can I tell you? We're living in a time, no days off. Can I say that again? No days off. I'm telling you, the enemy roams about like a roaring lion, seeking him he may devour. He's looking for a time where you're off your guard. But lots of times we're in that place and every day we're going after it. Every day we're going after it. Every day we're going after it. And sometimes we want to see breakthrough faster than it does. But I'm telling you, strength will rise as you wait upon the Lord. I was talking in the early morning uh, last week, talking about the Antichrist to those of you who are on. And in Daniel chapter 12, he said, we'll come into a time where many shall run to and fro. And that's what tells me that the spirit of the Antichrist is on the earth today. We've never been more busy than we are today. We're busy, 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 busy. Doing what? What are we accomplishing? I'm, I'm here to ask, Really? Like, there's so many times people will suggest in this church pastor we ought to do this, and they're the ones that don't even show up because they're too busy. You know, I'm coming to a time right now. Oh, I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about some other people. (laughs) Oh, Lord, those eyes cut right through me. I just want (laughs) to. Lordy. But you know what? I've came to a place as a pastor you know what I need. To, you know what Pastor Brandy and I have to do? We have to set a pace for us to last for 30 years in this house. Like if we go off of your pace, we'll do all of these things, and then you come to us three months later, I'm so burned out. Well, I am too, but I still have to come back. You got the choice whether or not you want to go. But I'm telling you, I'm going to set a pace that sets up for us as pastors over this house to lead and feed well. Are you hearing me? So we've got to have, strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. And how many of y'all know, they marched around it, and they're like, this is so dumb. This is crazy. Imagine if it really was the gritty. They're like, we got to do this again tomorrow? You know what I'm saying? It's like they're part of the Marine Corps shouting. It's like, I need a lozenge. We're gonna do it again tomorrow? Yes, we're gonna do it again tomorrow. Yes, we're gonna do it again tomorrow. How many of y'all have ever waited on the Lord and when His timing came, it was the best timing? Amen. Oh man. And I wanna tell you this morning waiting time is not wasted time. That's right. That's right. The enemy will tell you that all you want to. I was, uh, yesterday, I, was by, I went by Wendell Lori's and they were telling me of how. Like, this is a great example of this. They were a year ago, they were in a bad place financially, so they had quit tithing. And finally, they got together. They had those family powwows. How many of y'all know you got to have family powwows from time to time and say, all right, you've got to get your act together, and I'm going to get my act together. So they had one together, and they said, we've got to start tithing. We're going to go completely broke. It don't look like we should. We can't afford it. And they began to tithe, and they told me yesterday... From a year, from the time they started tithing, God has increased their income three times. Three times. And and you know what Wendell said, and this brings it up. He said, I, during, while I was waiting, I wanted to give up. And I'm telling you, there'll be times you want to give up. You know, in Hebrews 6 and verse 12, we studied Hebrews 6 and 1 through Bible school here recently. But it goes on to say that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. I'm telling you, you, know, you want to inherit the promised land, you've got to have faith and you've got to have patience. Is this too hard of a word for y'all this morning? Because I'm telling you, you've got to have faith and promise. If you want to have the promises of God in your life, here's the last one is this, number three. I'm coming to a close. Number three is this, is you've got to learn how to walk through your wall. Walk through your wall. Now, let me set this up here. In Joshua chapter 6 and verse 20 and in verse 5, he said straight ahead. The New Living Testament in Joshua 6, 20 says this. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged, charged straight into the town and captured it. Everybody say straight. Come on, everybody, say straight. Archaeologists tell us this. This is so good. They say today, and even if you study this out in the Greek, this is actually what he's trying to say, that the walls didn't crumble. Like 30 feet high, 15 feet wide. How many of y'all know with God, all things are possible? Archaeologists tell us this, that they went straight into the ground. That's why they went straight in. Oh, I hope you get this this morning. I hope you get this this morning. Because the very thing that was keeping them out was now the bridge to bring them in. The wall now became a road. That mountain now became an on-ramp for them to go into the promises that God had in store for them. I'm just here to tell you right now, the thing that you put in front of God that's keeping you out, that's the very thing God will use to accelerate you into the promised land. Amen. Think of so many times where ministries have been started and been birthed because there was a wall of addiction in somebody's life. But God didn't keep a mountain out in front of them to be like, I'm gonna to get to the promised land. No, He said, that thing that used to separate you from the plan of God, I'm gonna use that to get you where I need to get you. I'm telling you, the enemy's tried to give you shame, He's tried to give you guilt, He's tried to give you condemnation for all the things that you've done in the past. I'm just here to tell you this morning quit looking in the rearview mirror, it's this big. It's small, it's little. The enemy will have you think little things. God, vision for you, is the windshield of what God has out in front of you. And that thing that the enemy's tried to keep you guilty, keep you caught up, and you know what? I'm telling you, that will be the very thing that God will accelerate you into the promised land that God has in store for your life. Are you hearing me this morning? Like I think about Joseph. What does he say in Genesis chapter 50? He tells us, he says, what the enemy meant for evil, God turned it around for good. I'm going to say that again. What the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn it around. He's going to use it for the good of your life. Like even though you were a parent, a young parent 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, he's going to take that bad time in your life, and he's going to turn it around for good. What does Roman eight, Romans 8 tell you? He works all things. Everybody say all things. For the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. I'm telling you, if you will let go and let God this morning, that thing that has been out in front of you, you let the Lord take care of that. You be obedient. You stay still in His presence. You wait and see what God can do. Strength will rise as you wait upon the Lord. He will use that very thing to accelerate you into the plan and the purpose for your life. Are you hearing me today? Are you hearing me today? Come on, let's stand to our feet. I believe with all my heart. There is people in here. There's a wall out in front of you. And you said, you know what? The only way, the only way that I'm... I, there's no way that I'm going to be happy. There's no way that I'm going to go into a promised land as long as that wall is there. I'm telling you, I believe there's an the, the anointing here to break the yokes and bondages of sin and death. I believe there's an anointing here today. Whatever it is, whatever that thing is that's been heavy over you, that's been bigger than you, I just want to remind you again, it may be bigger than you, but it's not bigger than God. It may be stronger than you, but it's not stronger than God. It may have been here way before you were ever here, but I'm telling you, it wasn't here before the Lord.
0: God in me. God in me. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.